I really enjoy recording podcast episodes like today's because it just demonstrates the power of the medical community to help each other to overcome the various challenges that we face. So we are talking to the creator of probably my most favorite and most used medical app, and that's Buku Medicine. Of course, we talk about a few financial things, but we also talk about how you get started in building an app, how the app works and what it can do and what the plans are going forward. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would really help us if you could leave a review and a rating as that helps other doctors to find out about the podcast and continue our mission to empower doctors to make better financial decisions. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Alex Language, who is the uh, co-creator of one of my most favorite medical apps and one that I use loads as a GP. Morning, Alex. Hi, Tommy. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, not not too bad. So, um, do you want to just tell the Medics Money podcast listeners a little bit about yourself, and um, and then we'll get into the detail. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm Alex. I'm originally from the southeast, but I came up to Newcastle for uni, and I've been here since. I'm now an ST7 uh, in haematology. I'm mainly working in Newcastle, um, but I'm very lucky. I've got an interest in informatics, and I'm now doing two days a week working at Northumbria Healthcare. Uh, as an informatics fellow so I get to basically fiddle around with computers um, and it's all about trying to make the experience better for the clinicians and the other medical staff other allied healthcare professionals who are working with the computer systems day to day and then alongside it I created Buku Hematology about three years ago um, and it's slowly expanded over the last few years and we're now Buku Medicine, because I've got some great renal and endocrine specialists helping me out on that too. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about your Buku app uh, in a minute, because uh, yeah, I only really use two apps as a GP, uh, BNF and Buku. It's, it's that useful. Um, but I'm always intrigued how uh, you found Medics Money and what we've managed to do for you so far, because one thing that me and Ed really underestimated when we started Medics Money is just how rewarding we both find it to be able to help our colleagues like you, um, especially as you're helping me as well on a daily basis. But we find that really rewarding. So how did you find Medics Money? What have we done for you so far? I was thinking about this this morning. I've got to admit, I cannot remember how I came across it. It might have been through Twitter. I think it probably was um, because I'm quite active on Twitter through the Buku account. Um, But I definitely remember a couple of years ago, first reading through the um, PDFs that you made um, about how to uh, claim, reclaim the tax back on our expenses. Um, Because, you know, we all do a lot of exams we have to do MLCP and FRC path exams as well. Um, and all of that just builds up. So a chance to get some of that back when you don't when you don't need to pay it out is a nice thing. So um, that was really helpful. And it couldn't have been clearer about how to work through uh, the process, get, getting on the website. And credit to HMRC, actually, it's quite a good website. Um, it's not as hard as you'd expect it to be with something from sort of uh, government, central government. So um, that was really, yeah, really helpful. 
and then uh, other really good things so learning about the creme forms because that was always something i was a bit apprehensive about whether or not you have to um report those as something that needs to be taxed but it doesn't in in short and and feel free to read your guys and um, really helpful summary about that as well yeah okay and then i think we're in the early stages of helping you with uh, some more higher level financial stuff yeah so just having a think um just for the future doing a bit of planning and um, we've just had a baby um and uh, we want to have a think about basically sort of being able to save a bit of money hopefully with something with a bit more than the, the current interest rates um which aren't great so um yeah we're, we're thinking about that at the moment yeah definitely good thoughts to uh sort of think about investing um especially while you're still so young okay um well that's really that's really cool um me and Ed always really love to hear how we've helped you guys but uh you have helped me if not more than i've helped you definitely because your buku app uh, like i said it's probably one of the only two apps that i use really regularly bnf app love it and the buku app it is so useful so why don't you just tell the listeners who may not have heard about your app uh what it does and um why it's useful yeah sure um so i started as an st3 in 2016 um and found that a lot of the questions that we were getting asked when we were on call um were quite similar or there were questions that didn't really need any specialist knowledge. Um, I think hematology has a bit of a habit of intimidating people um, because there's, you know, the, these weird things about leukemia in lymphoma and how it's quite hard to tell the difference. There's a worry that you might miss a leukemia with a raised white blood cell count. Um, so I think a huge amount of it with hematology comes from uh, fear of the unknown um, and all of the acronyms that we use uh, just to really make things even worse. Um, so what I wanted to do was to try and create a resource that was easy to access. So um, the easiest, it's always important to make the right thing to do, the easiest thing to do. Um, so an app is perfect because we've all got our phones with us all the time. And if it's got a nice user interface, easy to read and concise, then people will go to that rather than going through switchboard and um, because it's always about the path of least resistance. Um, so I thought an app might be a good way of doing that. Um, I am a nerd but I'm, I don't have any formal IT training, so I can't code. So I basically I've cheated. So I wrote the content and there's um, app platforms out there where you can basically just load in what you want um, in a simple format and it will populate it for you. You then have to upload those to the app stores and the company may do it for you or you can do it yourself. Um, I've got to say putting it onto the Apple App Store is, is a nightmare. Um, they they like to make it as difficult as they can, I think, just to, to filter out anyone who, who can't really be bothered. Um, and, and then it just sort of takes off from there. So basically started it back three or four years ago. We started with the top 10 most common questions that we were asked and um, made content about those. Um, and then I've slowly gathered some data while building more content in over the next few years. Um, and through that, we've shown that we can reduce referrals to hematology by about 20%. Um, and that's both through uh, telephone calls and advice and guidance letters from GPs. And then in a further 60% of referrals, we can advise investigations that are required so that when you call us up or send through your advice and guidance letter, you can say, this is Joe Bloggs, they've got this high blood count and I've tested these things so that we can then either say, okay, great, send them to clinic 
or no, that's perfect. The problem is this and you need to do that. So it's about trying to expedite patient care. Yeah. So you're, all, you're not only um, reducing referrals, you're increasing the quality of the patient experience because you might write back to me and say, uh, order these blood tests and we'll see them in clinic. Is that is that what you're saying now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So it just makes it a bit smoother because, you know, with the to and fro that you have sometimes with a telephone call or an advice and guidance letter, um, that takes up time. So it's much easier to just have everything ready um, for both parties and then it just makes it really efficient. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm a GP, obviously, um, and I find it invaluable because as GPs, we're managing more and more complicated stuff. It's easy stuff for you, right? But we're generalists, so uh, that's complicated. So one example is uh, we monitor uh, MGUS and CLL patients in the community, and then we look at their bloods, uh, defined intervals, and then decide who needs referral. And I find your app invaluable for that because it just lists out all the criteria, things to watch out for, and it's, it's just the right perfect balance of enough information so that I can understand it but it's also really practical and the other bit that I use loads is um there's a film comment section so our local hematologists are usually really good and if they write a big complicated word that GPs don't understand they write you know a list of differentials after it which is useful but like if I see hyperchromia on the blood film and they're scratching my head I go on Buku and I'm like oh it could be thalassemia it could be iron deficiency okay right let's start thinking about that then um so I find that bit really really useful so it's it's just just works. It's just really good. And for the non-specialist like me, uh, I find it invaluable. Um, but you're also uh, expanding, right? Because you started off with just hematology subjects, but now you're expanding. And uh, I really like the look of the expansion so far. Tell us about that. Yeah. yeah so um, <clears throat> basically with the success that we had with hematology um, and the really good feedback we got, um, I had a look at the data for advice and guidance referrals through to our local CCG um, and had to think about which specialties would also be amenable to this sort of information. Um, and it tends to be the specialties that are very investigation driven and um, basically anything that's got a high or a low. That's why hematology is great. It's almost always about having too much of something or not enough of something. Um, and I got in touch with a few registrars locally um, and renal and endocrine were the first two that we went for. And we've got some brilliant teams writing in both of them. Uh, so we have two to three registrars per team and a consultant. Um, and that's our model for how we work per specialty. Um, and they've been putting some great stuff together for the app. And on top of that, doing some really good tutorials. We're quite active on Twitter um, as a means of providing more education and also promoting the app. Um, and then over the next few months, um, we've got a couple of exciting things. So we're hoping to add uh, hepatology. Um, so for help with interpreting liver function tests um, and also uh, palliative care. So the palliative care team in the Northeast um, have been speaking to us and just about trying to uh, offer it, not quite hosting their guidelines, but um, a concise version of them um, to give advice about some of the common issues faced when caring for patients with palliative care and um, with a palliative diagnosis and some of the symptoms associated with that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned your tutorials because uh, they are one of the most useful things on Twitter for me. Uh, sometimes they're clearly not pitched at a journalist and I'm there scratching <laughs> my head thinking, oh my goodness, should I know this or not? Um, but often they're just super nice. Um, I really like the DOAC one you did the other day because um, when I was a SHO, which admittedly was a while ago now, <laughs> no no cancer patients had DOACs. They just didn't. And there's always about the heparin and basically low molecular weight heparin. And, and it was really interesting how 
how, how that's evolved because I just started to notice, ah, so, some, someone's put my cancer patient on a DOAC, uh, hematologist, so don't worry. Um, so that was super useful. But, um, you know, you've made it sound really easy. You just had the idea, wrote the content and put out the app. Um, but I know how hard it is to launch something like this. What what's been the sort of challenges that you've faced along the way? And if somebody's listening to this thinking, I've got a great idea for an app, which could help all doctors and other uh, healthcare professionals, give us some, give us some tips or what you've learned. Yeah, sure. Um, so it takes a lot of time. Um, so you've got to acknowledge that either you need to give it a lot of time and you might get it done in a reasonable time frame, or you need to accept that it's going to take quite a while. Um, and I think I'm, uh, someone who's sort of quite, I get quite excited about stuff like this. Um, and when I was first working on it, I thought, right, let's try and get it released in three months. Um, but Steve O'Brien, who's the consultant who I do the app with, um, has a bit more of a realistic expectation and said, you know, why don't we aim for six months instead? And although I was a bit frustrated at the time, it was absolutely right, because it gave us some time to think about what we needed in the app and what could make it better for the release so that when it was it was basically as smooth as possible um, so it takes a bit of time and um, you have to learn a bit about the process of getting the app out so it's your choice as to how you do that so you can do what we did so load it into a sort of pre-fabricated uh, scaffold um, and then have that put out downside of that is that it constantly needs an internet connection to update unless the content's already been cached. Um, the other option would be to have your own app built and that would get around that issue, but that costs uh, you know, around 20,000 um, pounds if you want it on both app stores. Um, and currently we're, we're funded by donations only. Um, so we are uh, in ne negative equity rather than uh, 20,000 pounds. So um, we've just got to go with what works for us. And that's another part of it is then building trust in the app. So you've got to make it really good. Um, you've got to explain what you do, what you don't do. If it's got medical content in, you have to be really careful looking at whether or not it's a medical device. Because if it's a medical device, that requires different legislation. And a device, broadly speaking, and don't quote me on this, um, but it's basically anything that makes a decision for you about an element of patient care. Whereas if you're reading through our content and you decide to interpret it in one way. It's just like a textbook, basically. Um, so we're, we're, guided, we're providing information rather than providing specific guidance. Um, and get a team around you. Uh, I, did, I did most of it on my own at the start, um, but having had the extra guys on my hematology team and the renal endocrine team as well, it's really allowed us to, to pick up and you get so many different ideas. Um, from all of them so um try don't cocoon your idea and um, really try and get it out with people who you think are similar minded um, and that will allow it to really reach its potential yeah amazing advice and every time we ask someone who's done something like this they all broadly say the same thing is get a team work together share your ideas like don't worry about the you know someone stealing it just share it because there's so many of us that are just happy to work together and help and um yeah that's cool uh, and i'm glad that you mentioned funding because um that's always a difficult issue really about getting funding for these kind of things and so you are just funded by uh donations is that right so at the moment, yeah. So um, for our first couple of years, we had funding from the Health Education England Northeast, um, which was fantastic because that allowed us to basically get established. A um, couple of years down the line, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to do with the app. It, 
it's a big time commitment and I wasn't quite sure whether I'd be able to carry it on. Um, and then I didn't know what model we were going to use because we need it to be sustainable. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how to approach that. Um, so at the moment, I'm trying to get some funding from a couple of sources. So Health Education England are going to see if they can help us. Um, and we've also been talking to the Academic Health Sciences Network. Um, and what we're trying to do is give a very specific um targets not necessarily in terms of the value but what we do with that money so we would really like to be able to build our own app platform and that will allow us to um hopefully build in a model for sustainability and um, so we always want this app to be free in terms of the content that's there at the moment not just because it helps docs in the uk but also docs in low and middle income countries as well and um, we've already got a bit of a link with a charity in malawi and zambia called virtual doctors who do a great job um so that we want to keep free, but we will probably end up adding further educational content, um, which can be paid for with a subscription. Um, so that then gives the option of doing some more learning if people want to. And we hope that that will uh, keep the app sustainable without the need to rely on uh, donations, which can be a bit uh, nerve wracking because you don't know when that money is going to come in. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another great point that it's all well and good having these ideas, but you gotta you got to have a sustainable long-term plan. Otherwise, it will all be uh, in vain. And um, yeah, that's interesting, all the people that are helping you out. Um, okay. And, um, you know, you mentioned that how you um, built out the user interface a bit. Um, how did you test it on your colleagues or how did you perfect it? Because when we started Medics Money, we just tested it all out on our friends and that was like supercharged us because they were like, no, this doesn't work or that doesn't make sense. I don't understand that. You need to make that clearer. So did you, how did you test out the app? And because it feels really refined, it runs really nicely. And I think the content is just absolutely bang on. So you must have spent a bit of time working on that. I think we're a bit lucky because the platform that we use is relatively basic. So it's a company that do, they it's sort of for shops, hairdressers and stuff as well, but it just worked for us because it was relatively cheap um, and uh, easy to put the content in. Um, so that sort of restricted us in a way, but that's quite a good thing because I think what we're trying to do is keep things nice and simple, make a uh, sort of predictable and reliable model um, in that, Basically, we are limited to uh, text and some quite small tables. Um, so that helped in that regard. Um, but when I was working, I was down in Middlesbrough at the time, but um, I got some of the junior doctors there to have a look at it, ask for feedback. Um, and I did that formally and informally um, and used that to guide how we wrote the content and how we structured the app. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, and um, you mentioned that you were interested, you do two days a week uh, working on improving technology for doctors. Mm -hmm. um, so is there any other projects that you want that you can talk about that you're working on there? Um, so at the moment, it's more about um, a few I'm going to say sort of improvements just in the user interface for the doc. So um, looking at the intranet pages um, and seeing if we can have a bit of a go at redesigning those to try and improve um, the feel of them because as with all of these things, they do age. Um, and as you can incorporate more useful and not ergonomics, the wrong word, but um, things that work better for the user, um, then that's always worth doing. So I'm doing a bit of that um, and hopefully trying to work on a bit of an app to help the docs as they rotate around the trust. Um, so it's helping basically with all the like simple things that 
are it's the same test but it's ordered differently everywhere so like how do you order an echo uh, is it through ice or is it through cardiology it is stuff like that just to try and make those first few days in a job less frustrating yeah yeah um i've got a user interface idea right we might have to edit this out depending on how good an idea you think it is <laughs> um because if I'm a pilot, right, I'm sat in my cockpit uh, and I've got a warning alarm for someone spilt their G&T in aisle three. And that's a different alarm to um, we're about to crash into a hill or your engine's on fire. They're two different alarms, right? When I'm a GP looking through my blood results, hundreds and hundreds of them a day, um, a hemoglobin of four is marked with the same little really discreet red star as a hemoglobin of 115. Okay, so there's no like tiered warning. It's not like this is catastrophic. This needs your full attention. It's like blood result is abnormal. Hemoglobin 115 with the same kind of urgency as a hemoglobin of four. And that always really makes no sense to me. Um, so that's my first idea. Like get the better, get some kind of graded uh, thing on your, and that's both, that's the same for both GP dominant clinical systems that we use. And the second thing, which I would find so useful is, incorporating some of what you have in the app into the blood results. So say I looking at blood results and I've never met the patient, which is very common, and someone else has ordered the blood results and it probably says tired all the time on it, right? Um, very descriptive. Uh, and they've got a borderline hemoglobin, they're a bit anemic and their calcium's up. That That's like, oh, okay, if that flashed up, okay, this, this fits this clinical pattern. It could be myeloma, it could be this or whatever. Mm -hmm. That would really help um, us uh, generalists when looking at blood results. So I'm not aware that anyone's ever done that, um, but rate my idea. And if it's really good, we might have to talk about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the idea is, is 10 out of 10, um, but the, the, the implementation is much harder because, um, again, the nice thing about hematology is it's almost always about trends. So you're seeing what is normal for the patient and what has changed. Is this a huge drop or actually is their hemoglobin always 80? You know, like a patient with sickle cell anemia, for example, their hemoglobin will always be about 80-ish. It, it depends. That's that's just an example. But um, in that case, so if the hemoglobin goes to 70, that's not a big deal. But if it's someone who's previously been 120, then that's almost half. Um, so that is where artificial intelligence is going to come in. So we can start gathering data and AI um, is not really in use yet in any of our clinical practice. Babylon uses a bit of it, but most of it is still derived from algorithms that have been made by people. Um, but wouldn't it be amazing if we could start incorporating all of the blood results that we see, associating them with the diagnosis and then allowing the computer to start learning that so that it can then be more predictive because um, that that absolutely, as you say, would be would be fantastic. Because then not only does it give you more of a measure of how uh, of when you should be concerned, but it may also be really good at picking up less common diagnoses. So, for example, if it sees a raised neutrophil count, basophilia, and a platelet raised platelet count, that might say think about CML, which is something that you may see only like once in your lifetime as a GP. But like if the computer's in it, then that tells you, and then that will speed up diagnosis for patients. So. yeah so that's like work in progress you think that could become a reality because that would be amazing for me yeah yeah no absolutely um it will be i'm sure it'll be a very long time before it's actually in clinical practice um but there's you know there is so much potential there um and it's all about waiting to see where um people are having innovations with regards to ai in clinical practice
Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm conscious that you've got a, a, a brand new baby. Congratulations on that. So you probably <laughs> need you. to go and get your uh, rest. Uh, and you also just told me before we came on that because of the COVID pandemic, you did a med reg on call shift the other day. How was yes. that? Yeah, it was busy. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that non-resident on calls as a haematologist are easy. Um, it's a different way of working. I've got to emphasise that. Um, but I was very much out of my comfort zone um, on Monday. Um, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was a good reminder of how hard it is being a medreg um, and seeing the amazing work that everyone's doing in the hospital at the minute um, on medicine because uh, it is just... Uh, it, you know, it's unprecedented, the workload um, and what that's putting on the staff is is really significant. So, um, yeah, they just asked for a few extra regs to help out with shifts. So they unfortunately on Monday got lumped with the haematologist. I bet uh, everyone's haematology uh, questions were answered really comprehensively on that <laughs> shift. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, just to echo that, I mean, everybody is under immense strain at the moment in the NHS, but everybody is being so nice to each other, um, which is, you know, everyone's always fairly nice to each other but the collaboration collaborative working people chipping in uh even for us we are running vaccine clinics and uh, we've got so many volunteers that are helping us uh to to deliver those vaccination clinics so yeah it's it's, it's ridiculously hard at the moment in the nhs but uh the teamwork is li- literally without exception been amazing so that's really really cool um okay thanks so much for uh, your time today alex uh, and thank you once again for making the app because yeah seriously i i use it uh, a lot more than i probably should but uh, things just there's just so, so much information in there uh, and i find it really interesting so you mentioned a few uh, ways to get in touch with you so f- first of all the app is on the app apple store is that right yeah apple and android yeah Cool. Okay. And it's and if, free. That's the important thing. It's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. So B-U-K-U. Yeah. Medicine. So Buku Medicine. Cool. Okay. And um, you mentioned your tutorials. And I definitely, if you're on Twitter, I definitely recommend you to follow those. So what what's your Twitter? So we're at Buku Hematology. Um, and then my uh, other specialty colleagues are on uh, at Buku Renal and at Buku Endo. Awesome. Uh, and I think that covers it, really, so that people can find you, download the app, and if they like it, uh, consider doing a donation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or um, giving us a rating on the App Store, that really helps, because um, then when people have a look at it, they see that it's got, you know, it's trusted by people, and that's what matters when it comes to anything, basically, in healthcare. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. It was really interesting to get how inside steer on how one of my favorite apps was made. Uh, Take care out there in the pandemic. And I hope that the baby is sleeping well. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you, Tommy.